Welcome back to Deconstructing Crypto, a podcast with myself, Todd Fishman, and my colleague, Eugene Ingolia. Hey, Todd. In this third episode, we want to update our listeners on some recent and startling developments in the space and then turn to Gene to provide an acute overview of the so-called insider trading prosecutions in the digital asset space. First, for some quick updates. Severe liquidity issues continue to plague large digital trading asset platforms. Many of you will have seen that cryptocurrency exchange Binance, on a non-binding basis, agreed to acquire rival FTX after FTX reportedly faced a liquidity crunch. One day later, Binance withdrew its proposal after having reviewed FTX accounts and observed what is reported to be an $8 billion hole on FTX's balance sheet. Two days later, FTX and its affiliates and its affiliated trading arm, Alameda, filed for protection under Chapter 11 of the U.S. bankruptcy laws. With this news, the liquidity and capital problems spread to others in the crypto ecosystem. BlockFi, a cryptocurrency trading and lending platform, suspended withdrawals by its users. Previously, during the summer, FDX provided BlockFi with a $400 million revolving credits facility in a deal that also gave FDX an option to purchase the lender. BlockFi filed for bankruptcy protection on November 28th. Needless to say, while many facts still are not known, it is evidence that litigation and enforcement have begun, and we likely have just seen the beginning of that activity. In other news, in the middle of October 2022, the U.S. Department of the Treasury announced two enforcement actions against virtual currency exchange Bittrex. In one of the actions, Bittrex agreed to pay over $24 million to the Treasury's Office of Foreign Asset Control, or OFAC, for alleged violations of various sanctions programs. In the second action, Bittrex agreed to pay over $29 billion to FinCEN, which is the Treasury Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, for alleged willful violations of the Bank Secrecy Act anti-money laundering program suspicious activity reporting requirements. These two enforcement actions reinforce to the digital asset industry the importance of implementing appropriate risk-based sanctions compliance controls and meeting obligations under the BSA. Let us please now we'll turn it over to Gene to talk about insider trading. Thanks, Todd. And let's talk about what the DOJ has called the, quote, first ever digital asset insider trading scheme, unquote, which is U.S. v. Chastain, sometimes talked about as the open sea case. And we talked in episode two about how the case charges a violation of the wire fraud statute and does not allege securities fraud. It doesn't even allege that the NFTs at issue in the case were securities. We spoke about the defense motion to dismiss that argued that the indictment failed as an insider trading case without an allegation of trading in securities or commodities. And it failed as a wire fraud case because the information at issue was not property and wire fraud is a property fraud crime. Well, the court has ruled on October 21st, 2022 on the motion. And Todd, what happened? Motion denied. Motion denied. So there was good news and bad news for the defense in this ruling, but mostly bad news. The court said that the defense arguments had, quote, some force, unquote, and while denying the motion at the motion to dismiss stage, noted that the government might not be able to prove at trial that the information at issue 
what NFTs would be featured on the OpenSea homepage and when was in fact confidential business information and thus property. The court rejected altogether the defense argument that the case should be dismissed because it didn't adequately allege insider trading. And the court said, he's not charged with insider trading, quote, at least in the classic sense of the term, unquote. Rather, he's charged with wire fraud, and the court reasoned wire fraud's not limited to cases involving securities or commodities. And so what about the fact that the incitement describes the conduct as insider trading, even though it charges wire fraud? What about that? Well, in a footnote, the court seemed to suggest that the appropriate remedy for that might be a defense motion to strike the phrase insider trading from the indictment and to preclude the government from saying the words insider trading at trial. Well, the defense, in fact, made that motion. And Todd, what happened when the court ruled on that motion on October 27th, 2022? Motion denied. Motion denied again. Yeah, the court said six days later, basically, never mind about that. The term insider trading isn't so inflammatory as to warrant being struck, and it's nothing that can't be cured by an instruction to a jury. So that leaves the battle to be fought on the facts, and in particular on the facts around whether the NFTs were, quote, confidential business information, unquote. That's the battle, and therefore property. And part of that will turn on the facts inside OpenSea and how people within OpenSea viewed the information at issue and what the relevant policies were. And buried in that question, the question of is it confidential business information, is another legal issue. What kind of confidential business information counts as property in the context of a property fraud? And that's a longer conversation. And we'll look to see how that issue presents going forward if the case moves on to trial. The court set a trial date for the end of April 2023. And with the denial of the defense motions, the way forward looks pretty binary. Either there's a trial in April or there's a plea. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I think that's it for episode three of Deconstructing Crypto. We'll be back soon with episode four. 